Let's forget about the real world, shall we? And travel to the Yume region. To the Yume region, where everything is actually a little bit worse than it is over here. And welcome to the next episode of Mystery Dungeons and Dark Rise, a Pokemon role-playing adventure and the tale of two young trainers and their journey together through the Yume region. I'm Coatsy and I'm your Pokemon Dungeon Master. I'm Jack, I play Felix, a shy but stubborn boy who is slowly but surely becoming less shy and less stubborn, following some big victories against some big Pokemon in recent times. I'm Chris, I play Chuck, he's the son of a nurse Joy who moved from Pewter City to the Yuma region and is kind of feeling a little bit, um, not underdressed let's say, but as though he doesn't belong in the same class of society as his newly caught Swinub. <laughs> Questions. So, do you worst? This episode, I and the viewers want to know... Viewers? What viewers? I and the listeners the voyeurs. want to know what is Chuck and Felix's favourite pokey snack it's always about food is it what was the last one <laughs> the amount of times in our introductions we've talked about food or pokemon food or eating pokemon one? no there was eating pokemon taurus that was your fault <laughs> there was the bar where we talked about eating zubat that was coronavirus's fault <laughs> there's we've been discussing slow poke tales that's fine fine I'll and magic art sashimi and quillfish oh magic art sashimi no, we can answer um, it. We can answer it. No, no, you think <laughs> I had an answer for that as well. Chuck's definitely a big fan of the Tauros Biltong. <laughs> Felix likes the, um, you know, like the little powdered jelly donuts that are filled, like rice donuts filled with jam. But Ooh, in particular, yeah. ones that are shaped like, and coloured like Psyduck are his favourite. Oh, nice. Can you get like blue ones Shiny as well? ones, yeah. Shiny Psyduck. The blueberry flavoured. It's basically like you win, you win a trip That'd to the nice. Wonka factory if you get a shiny. <laughs> Um, oh, yeah. I'd love one of those. I know it doesn't include me, but my favourite pokey snack Nobody would cares. be grum pig ribs, <laughs> full rack. Grum pig ribs. Oh, set Louis cut. Yeah. Grum, grum pig ribs, full full rack, barbecue sauce. What would happen with the psychic type going on there? I'd probably get a bit of a kick out of it. <laughs> yeah, psychedelic <laughs> yeah. ribs. It's like, whoa! It's like, like barbecue acid. Yeah, you'd, never ha- you'd never have a bad plate of those ribs because, yeah, like you said, the psychic energy would just take you on a trip yeah they could taste like shit but actually the psychic energy just mm. makes you think they taste great it's a clever tactic by those pokemon chefs jack hello you are going to recap this week i am indeed so when we picked up last episode chuck and felix were separated in the cave felix went ahead battled a sneasel caught the sneasel very happy with that chuck battled a snova and a particularly tricky deli bird who it's a crafty little thing, wasn't it? It was. Uh, he ended up being caught by Chuck. After a bit more investigation, Felix and Chuck managed to reconvene and started towards uh, what they believed was the way out, to only to find it being blocked by an Obama Snow and a Rhydon, just having some wall-smashing fun by the looks of it. <laughs> Felix approached the Rhydon, very benevolently asked if he could just get out of there but Chuck's Swinub Pennybags in his snooty wisdom pissed him right off. And so we ended up fighting the ride on. The Obama, uh, the Obama Snow ignored us to start with, but then eventually got involved in the battle. 
we eventually overcame them with, I think, Maximus. Oh, Magby the Maximus. Maximus the Magby oh. even. Delivering the final blow on the Obama Snow after some good teamwork. And then we left the cave and I think we just arrived at Snowpine City. Yes, you are on the edge of the cave exit. Looking over Lovely. the city of Snowpine. Snowpine. Lovely. Snowpine. Very nice. Well done. Thanks. I remembered. <laughs> Cue the music. <laughs> Guys, there's no music at this bit. Stop saying cue music. I don't know why you keep saying that. So as Jack so accurately put it, you have just exited the cave that's been causing you so much trouble and you are looking out across the snowy mountainside. The sun shines on Snowpine City, taking a little bit of the chill out of the air. Not that you'd notice as you see your breath as you exhale and your fingers and toes are still numb from the cold. Snowpine City is like something from a winter wonderland. The city sits under an ice-covered sheer mountain face, with forests of pine trees either side, but the city itself looks as though it was carved out of snow and ice. From the exit of the cave, you see the whole city. Two streams run through the centre, almost breaking it up into three sections, connected by small bridges and high walkways. Both of the streams seem to meet up at the very back of the city, where a large set of steps lead up to the front of a building that must be carved into the icy mountain itself. The architecture sort of reminds you a bit of Kuso City. Although none of the buildings are taller than three or four storeys, the curved roofs stacked on top of each other with tall archways, smooth icy walls are reminiscent of the Yume capital. As your eyes scan the city, you notice a slight tingle coming from your forearm. Oh, I was a bit worried where that tingle was coming from then. Chuck pushes up the sleeve of his parka. He feels the tingle, he's like, what the fuck? Felix feels his, turns to Chuck and goes, are you, uh, are you getting that as well? Yeah. Same same mm. as when we were in Acacia Town. It's like Harry Potter's scar by this point, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? It's like a divining <laughs> rod almost. Just hold your arm out and point it and it'll lead us where we need to go. <laughs> Big battle is about to ensue. Shit. Not again. I'm not, not ready. I'm not mentally ready for another Reggie. I don't think you're ready for this Reggie. <laughs> Okay, yeah. Felix sort of notices Chuck pulls his sleeve up and goes, hey, just keep it covered for now, yeah? Well, there's Let's... no one here. You never know who's watching. Mm. Look, we just had a fairly tough slog through that cave. Maybe we head to the Pokemon Centre, get healed up, get rested up, maybe try and find some information about this Minato character we've got to find. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm gasping for some Moomoo milk. Felix's eyes briefly glaze over and a smile of pure joy and he shakes his head. Yeah, yeah, I am quite hungry, actually. So you're going to go over to the city? Yeah, so at this point, Chuck looks down at Boomer and says, yeah, why don't we go get you something to eat? Sir, let's take a good rest. So you make it down the snowy like mountain path. It's not very steep, easy to get to, and you've got like a 15, 20-minute walk before you actually get to the edge of the city. As you enter the city, you join the hustle and bustle of the Snowpine city streets. Children run around chasing each other and their parents' Pokemon. People are stepping in and out of shops and restaurants while others queue up round the street vendors picking up a late afternoon grilled slowpoke tail. Oh. 
You keep walking until you see the familiar-looking red roof of the Pokemon Center, the only building that looks like it wasn't made out of snow. So are they like little igloo houses then? Uh, yes, so they look like they're all made out of snow from the outside, nice. ice and snow. Cool. That's cool. That's cool really aesthetic. Cool. But shaped like Japanese pagodas yeah. type thing. Oh, that'd be really cool. Should we get healed up and then sort of in and out? In and out. Quick 20-minute adventure. Yeah. <laughs> in and out. In and out. <laughs> yeah, I guess let's let's go in and get healed up. Obviously, I'm sure you'll know the joy in there somehow. So maybe, uh, maybe, yeah, sh- probably. <laughs> maybe she'd be a, a good person to ask if they're familiar with, with anybody called Minato. Good point. I mean, going by the people we've met so far, they've usually been pretty, uh, pretty big deals <laughs> in the places we've been to. Usually, the tavern's been a pretty good source of information, good or not. Yeah, we may as well ask while we're here. Yeah, fine. We'll get something to eat. Am I just becoming too predictable? <laughs> yes. I know you want us to go to the tavern. <laughs> I'm trying to mix it up. Oh, you always got to go to the tavern. Yeah, we ha- the taverns were like where the best bits happen. Taverns are great. Right. As you enter the familiar looking entrance of the Pokemon Center, on the left of the room is a large TV showing the Yume news. You see Nurse Joy and a dark pink Pokemon standing to the right of the large room, their backs to the door, talking into one of the video communication screens. The Pokemon turns around and you recognise it as a Blissey. The Blissey taps the Nurse Joy, sort of frantically, who also turns around and Chuck, you recognise your mum's twin sister. Oh, oh. Betsy. Chuck, <laughs> Chuck, you're here. Uh, yeah. Hey, Betsy. Betsy. Okay. Betsy Joy. From behind Betsy Joy. From behind her. All of a You sudden. hear a slightly robotic voice. Oh. I've been waiting for this for a while. Chuck Joy, come here, young man. Oh, God. Uh, Felix, let's go. <laughs> Happily, you, know, you know enough now, but Tony, I think. You can I am not going to do that voice for the whole thing. Chuck Joy, come here, young man. And you see Chuck's mum on the screen. <laughs> Oh god. You in trouble. Chuck says to Felix says it's okay, she can't hurt us from there. <laughs> Felix is just yeah. um, looking at his feet at this point. He's he's gone a bit red, he's just not interacting with anybody. Yeah, Chuck's scratching the back of his head, quite bashful, steps forwards. Hey As you approach, you see another Blissey jump in front of the camera <laughs> and it's just shouting. Blissey, bliss, 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 blissey! <laughs> yes, and I know, Blissey. Its, waving its nice small to see you arms, too. <laughs> and it bursts into tears. Yeah, I miss you too. Calm down, Bliss. He's clearly okay. And then Blissey suddenly pushed aside <laughs> as your mum fills the whole screen with her face. <laughs> um, step back. Step back from the camera. Weeks! I haven't heard from you in weeks. I've been so worried. If it wasn't for the other joys, I'd have had no idea were you even alive or not. I hope you've been taking good care of your Pokemon. Um, Chuck points to Boomer and says, I think we've been doing pretty well. She's sort of got her arms folded and looking away like, <laughs> Well, it was a Charmander the last time she saw him. I know, but she's really angry with you. <laughs> Still not impressed. Um, at this point, Chuck will call out Happening. and says, you will never guess what. Your mum's mood instantly changes and she just starts crying. <laughs> and through the tears, you just hear, Your very own happy. Oh, Chuck, I'm so proud of you. But you'll never guess what. It's the strangest thing. It's it's a boy happening. She stops crying and Blissey pipes up on the screen as well. 
and they're just like <laughs> bliss yeah bliss 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 <laughs> bliss <laughs> bliss <laughs> no your mum is amazed but she's like so so she's not amazed your mum's not amazed so why is she not amazed well you're a male joy it just makes sense doesn't it I thought this was the only male happening I thought you were the only male joy oh am I not well I don't know <laughs> you're the DM <laughs> <laughs> it's your family. Oh dear. No, your mum. Your mum is intrigued by the fact that it is a male happening. What are the chances? And just palms it off as being very strange. Yeah, but I mean the chances are almost one in eight. Anyway, I'm glad you're okay. I'm glad you're taking good care of your Pokemon. Yeah, Please try fine. and stay in touch a bit more often. Uh, I worry about you. Yeah. Thanks, mum. We'll be fine. Miss you too. And she hangs up. Chuck stops, scr- he's still scratching the back of his head and saying, oh, goodness sake, she worries too much. Your auntie tells you, "Don't try not to feel so bad. We're all worried about you, but we're also really proud of you. Just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, except great aunt Gertrude, who keeps whacking me around the ear. <laughs> oh, she likes you in her own special way. <laughs> yeah, special with her fists. <laughs> well, <laughs> she had a tough time in Johto. Remember that? Mm, true, true. Anyway, when's, <clears throat> when's Joy-Con? Might not be able to make it this year. You, Chuck, you can't not make it. Well, is it <laughs> going to be in the Yume region? I mean, we're we're pretty busy at the moment. Um, I'm actually not sure. It could be in the Yume region. Um, maybe around episode forty or something like that. <laughs> oh, sweet. Okay. Cool. I'll try to remember. We'll, we'll see how far in the story we get. <laughs> Okay, cool. Anyway, let's, um, heal, let's let's heal you up. Can yeah? Can you please heal us up? Uh, she says sure. Blissey comes and over the tray, takes your pokeballs, and they heal you up. Cool. Chuck's belly rumbles and says, "Let's go find some food." Penny bags. I think you've got some good taste. You can choose. So he calls out penny bags, and with a <laughs> how he comes <laughs> peering <laughs> down his monocle. <laughs> okay, so are you just going to go looking around the city? Yeah. Okay, so you see a number of vendors around the area you're in. There's Slowpoke Tails, there's Magikarp Sticks. There's... Are these all like street food things? They're all street food. I, nice. d- I don't think these are up to Pennybug standard. Is there anything like Michelin starred? Uh, you see a long queue oh, no. for a restaurant that has five stars above it, and it's <laughs> called Papa... Mario's. It's <laughs> a good name. Um, Papa Mario's. Pennybags skips the ahead of the queue and starts talking to the guy on the door, just like. And he's he's like, oh, hello, look at you, your little boy. Chuck rushes up to him and says, I'm sorry about him. He's just he's super hungry and he's had a bit of a hard time recently. Any chance we could just kind of get in, in and out? We won't be long. Uh, you, you you might have to roll a dice. <laughs> What do you want? Charisma? Uh, persuasion. Oh. If you're going to try and get in. Um, that's only a nine. That's fine. He rolled terribly. <laughs> sure thing. Come in. Chuck gestures to Felix. Says, you coming? Yeah, Felix is uh, just trying to round up Magby as he's sort of, he's walking down the queue of, of people. Felix is like, yeah, just, just a second. Hold on. Maximus, get back here. Maximus is just kind of stood. He's like patrolling up and down the queue, looking for any Pokemon in the queue for a fight. And like, <laughs> his chest puffed out, is it? Yeah. Like, not, not now. Look, let's 
get some food. Come here. Come here. Maximus, come uh, here. The peep the peep the people in the queue start like sort of shaking their heads at you as you just walk past and go inside. But the guy at the door just smiles and just lets you in. <laughs> Great. Perfect. Yeah. Well look, if you don't ask you don't get it, do you? No, exactly. What's on the menu at Papa Mario's? Pizza. 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 Yeah. Okay. It's a Michelin star pizza takeaway restaurant. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what a time to be alive. Chuck's about to say to Felix, should we get these to go? And he notices Pennybags has already sat down and put a napkin around his... <laughs> like, like a little bib. Yeah, you take you take one of the two tables. Great. All right, we'll have some pizza and let's not keep this too long. <laughs> okay, be- belly's full. You exit Papa Mario's. Amazing. Chuck says, you're going to have to teach me the ways of high society. <laughs> <laughs> to penny bag. Yeah. <laughs> penny bags goes. Me. Uh, and with that he recalls penny bags and um and uh, Chuck calls out Rowdy. Okay. Cool. Felix stretches out, lets out a big kind of satisfied sigh. He goes, Oh, that was good. Right. Where do we start? There's gotta be a tavern round here. Yeah, let's let's f- there must be a tavern. Let's try and find that and uh see what ensues. Ah, so you're looking for a nicer place to have a drink, eh, It's nice. <laughs> it's not Borat. It sounds like Borat. I like, you'll want a place to drink. Oh, well, that's, no, Borat. that's Borat. <laughs> he points you in the direction of the local tavern. What's it called? It's called the Snoozing Snover. Ah. Snoozing Snover. Like it. Not the Snooty Swinup. <laughs> no, not the Snooty Swinup. <laughs> that would be like a uh, very... Um, Fancy cocktail bar. He no. He points you towards the snoozing snowver, which is located in like the centre of the city. Cool. And he tells you it's always a hot spot for locals and travellers alike. Perfect. Felix thinks it might be best to, if we need to get some information or be a bit coy, to have somebody maybe a bit more of an elder statesman that can can hold themselves a bit. So I'll recall Maximus, and we'll we'll get Pratchett out. Be a bit of muscle as well if we need. Anything intimidating. So, uh, you enter the snoozing snowva and you walk into a large, dimly lit room with blue and purple lights lighting up the walls. There is a long bar made of ice at the far end of the room. Ooh. Oh, an ice bar. A bartender is serving customers. Between the door and the bar are tables full of locals drinking and chatting amongst each other. Are there two free bar stores at the bar? There are no bastards. Oh, we haven't we haven't won in the gym, Jack. So they don't know we're coming. True. There are a group of four men that, in particular, are looking really disgruntled about something sat around a table. Okay. At that point, you notice that the tables are also made of ice, with the smooth, clear, circular tops propped up by an ice carving of a snowver. <laughs> oh, that's really cool. Cute. Next to the bar is the puffin guy and his cart. <laughs> who's wearing a slightly thicker coat than normal, beaming as he waves at you. And stood next to the poppin' man is Flash, <laughs> wearing the same long coat and some furry leg warmers above his shoes. Just like 80s um, Jane Fonda-style leg warmers. Like it. Yeah. Very nice. Fluorescent yellow. Yeah, Chuck, Chuck nods at Flash and the Poffin guys. Does the Poffin guy have a name? The Poffin guy. We've just been calling him Poffin. Every time I've written it down, I went looking and I was like, we've just called him Poffin. We have just called him the Poffin man. The Poffin man! Like the cabbage guy in Avatar, he's just called yeah. the Poffin man. <laughs> just called the Poffin man. My cabbages! Chuck says to the Poffin guy, he says, hey, fancy seeing you here. Anything new? As you sort of 
open your mouth, he just kicks the cart <laughs> and the little flap opens. And he goes, no need to say anything, lads. I know what you're here for. How did those brown poffins work out for you? Um, Pretty damn useful. Well, we kind of used them as bait, to be honest, but it worked a treat. Oh, good. Glad they, uh, glad they helped. Anyway, I've just finished a new recipe. Oh. Could only find the ingredients up here, so I uh, don't get to make them often. So check turquoise ones I've got out here. And he shows you the turquoise poffins. Yeah. These ones basically make you gain advantage on uh, on all your attack rolls, Ooh. but you take damage equal to proficiency bonus at the start of your turn, whatever that means. <laughs> uh, and uh, it lasts for four turns. That's really cool. That is good. That's like, it's a bit like a life orb. Um, I've also got purple, pink, bright yellow, uh, green and yellow, one more brown, and uh, white and black offerings as well. Chuck says, good to know. I'm, I'm a bit strapped for cash at the moment, to be honest. Felix asks, hey, those turquoise ones do sound interesting, though. How much are they? He says, let me just open up the uh, last time I was in a bar and I spoke to you and I'll tell you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they are 300 each. Okay. Felix looks at Pratchett, who is intrigued by the colour and the smell of these, and goes, Yeah, I'll uh, I'll take one of those. One turquoise poffin are coming up. Felix hands over the 300 poyant and says, Thank you very much. Hey. No worries, by the way, my lad. What's your name? People call me Poth. Poth. Short the poffin, poffin man. That'll do in a pinch, I suppose, wouldn't it? <laughs> Felix kind of stifles a laugh and goes, Okay. Thanks then, Poff. Poff the magic dragon. Finn, what, Finn Man is your surname? Yeah, Poff Finn Man. <laughs> no worries, lads. I'm sure I'll see you in a bit. If not here, somewhere else. Uh, Felix turns to Chuck and goes, don't really... I still feel a bit guilty buying from Flash from last time. <laughs> yeah, well, you know where he gets his goods. I feel dirty still. I I'm going to go and try and find <laughs> a seat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, please do. Chuck says, I'll, I'll, "I'll get these. I'll get the first two. What do you want? Moomoo milk? Can I just say that Flash looks sad? Oh, right. I would. If I had more cash, I probably would see what he has. So you make your way to the bar. Mm -hmm. It takes you a while because it's about four people, four deep. Oh, okay. A busy bar. This one. Busy tavern. Yeah. You get to the front, and the bartender looks at you, and he says, "All right, lads." So, uh, what can I get you? We've got Moo Moo Thick Shakes Ooh. and a variety of flavours. We've got Rum and Snova Float. We've got some Cools Light. <laughs> or we've got a cup of ice. A cup of ice? What's <laughs> a cup of ice? It's literally just a cup of ice. Cup of ice, isn't it? <laughs> great. Can I have something in it's, the cup of ice? It's, it's great. It's 100% margin because we just go outside, get some ice, <laughs> put it in the cup. I definitely I don't want the yellow one. No one wants the yellow one. <laughs> Chuck says, yeah, I'll have a, a tin of um, your, what was it, Cool's Light? Cool's Light. Yeah, I'll have a tin, I'll have a tin of Cool's Light, please. it's cool. Felix asks what flavour. He goes, uh, what flavour are the, uh, the shakes that you've got? We've got vanilla, chocolate, Felix goes, and I'll stop you there. strawberry. Vanilla flea. <laughs> Listen, lad, I'm a vanilla man myself. I completely understand. <laughs> I'm in real life too, yeah. as well, if I get the choice. Vanilla, vanilla. by flavour, vanilla by nature. That's going to be 200 po yen, please. Chuck looks for at both. Felix. <laughs> Actually, no, Chuck said he'd get these ones. Um, say, yeah, Chuck hands. Felix is going to turn around and go, you pay the man. <laughs> pay the man the money. And then he leans in and he goes, oh, here we go. For a little something extra, I could give you a little something, something. Ah, uh, how do we know you've got some goods? And he goes, well, haven't you been in a tavern before? 
Felix isn't in the mood for for sort of playing these games. And he just go, <laughs> he just he slips in a hundred a hundred pogi and bill and goes, "We're listening." Roll, roll me a d20. With that, Chuck opens his tin of Cool's Light. Nice. D20, yeah? Yeah. 12. He goes, well, looks like Team Nightmare seem to have disappeared from the prophetic desert completely. Apparently, something went down, and now there is no sign of them. Chuck raises one eyebrow and says, tell me something I don't know. And he says, roll a d20. <laughs> Nine. This is persuasion, so add your persuasion oh, um, 12. He got a nat 20, so he holds out a hand and goes, I will, but you got to pay me something, something, to get something, something. <laughs> Chuck hands him a 50. Roll d6. Four. So, the underground fight club seemed to have started up again in Sequoia City. Ooh. But I uh, shouldn't be talking about that. What do you mean, underground fight club? I'm not allowed to talk about it. But is it poke- is it Pokemon fights or is it bare knuckle? The, the first rule of the underground fight clubs <laughs> are you can't talk about the underground fight clubs. Felix butts in and goes, then why did you mention it? <laughs> yeah, did you just break the first rule? Yeah, all right, but I'm going to keep it from now on. <laughs> just says, say, I don't know if you know of a guy called Minato? Minato? Yeah, I know him. He's a... Uh... One of the regulars. Do you know where we can find him? Is he here tonight? Uh, I've seen him tonight. As to where I can find him, it depends who's asking. Chuck and Felix. Right. <laughs> Felix immediately you, blushes. You've heard of us, yeah? No? No. Come on. Does he Does he come here every day? Not every day, but uh, quite often. Mm. If you uh, give me a little summon summon, I might be able to tell you, uh, tell you a little bit more. This is a very expensive bar, and the other one's been way cheaper. You say that, Felix was pissed up at one of them and just chucked money at him. (laughs) (laughs) And I think the other one definitely failed a few rolls. (laughs) Felix looks at Chuck and goes, let's just give him 50 more each. All right, fine. Yeah, let's do that. And he goes, is this for an address or is this for another better summon summon? Felix is feeling fairly confident for some reason. 50 for the address, 50 for a little something something. Oh, I like it. Roll persuasion on that one. Where it all goes tumbling down. Uh, so I got 14 in total. Well, that seems fair enough. <laughs> so, with the ships not being able to get into Alaria Port, many ships have docked at the various misty islands. From the sounds of it, someone or something is stirring up some trouble on the main island of War Tortuga. I love that. War Tortuga. That sounds incredible. I cannot wait to get to War Tortuga. That sounds like an absolute dream place for Chuck. <laughs> Chuck says, but we 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 stopped the lockdown at the port. Did we? Didn't we? Uh not from what I've heard, mate. Lockdown is still in a thriving effect. If anything, huh. it's worse. Mm. And then he gives you uh an address for Minato. Go to the gym, take a left, follow the street. Right at the end. Okay. Much obliged. Felix takes his milkshake. Thank you very much. A doth of the milkshake to you. What are the four guys up to? Roll me a... Uh, roll me an investigation check on the four guys. Ooh. <laughs> four. Fourteen again for me. That's carrying us today, Jack. Chuck has no idea what's going on. He's just sort of looking around the ice bar. But Felix overhears some of the men behind him sat at one of the tables talking about an ice castle. Felix's ears immediately prick up and he sort of, he's slowly backed towards the table so he can hear a little bit better. And uh, then these guys in suits showed up. 
saying that they were from Interpol, flashing some fancy badges, and kicked everyone out of the area. They then sort of set up a perimeter, put two suits on the gate. Whole week that ice thing's been there, and now Interpol shows up. It just seems really odd to me. And the other guys are sort of like agreeing. Yeah, Felix catches up with Chuck and just goes, just relays that information basically. Says something going on at the ice castle. And then he sort of whispers in really close and goes, I wonder if that's what's caused the tingles. You know, the tingles. Felix Tingle. <laughs> um, Chuck says, yeah, probably. But Interpol, isn't that um, Looker? Why don't we call Takeshi or Ashino? We'll find out more about what's going on. They might get to hook us up. It's a good point. Felix takes a big swig of his milkshake. Oh, God, that's good. Maybe we give them a call on the way to this, try and find this Minato. Yeah, we'll find Minato. We'll call them on the way and then... Yeah, let's take it from there. Agreed. Rowdy nods. Okay, so you exit the snoozing snowba. The courier tries to climb on Chuck's shoulders. He's like, ah, too big, <laughs> too big, buddy. You have to walk on your own two feet from now. And you are walking towards, well, in the direction that you were given, and you call to Keshi. Yeah, yeah well, well, we, I suppose we have to call the palace, do we? <laughs> have to call the castle. No, you've got you've got direct number. Got DM. Slide into his DMs. Yeah, Chuck's having to like scroll up for all the messages through junior nurse, uh, junior officer Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I've got his number somewhere. We'll give him a call. We'll call him. Yeah, let's call him. Uh, all right, chaps, lads. I can't remember what his. I can't remember what his. Takeshi was thoughtful. Yes, more ponderous. More ponderous. Yes. Chuck, Felix, it's a bit late. You guys okay? Yeah, Did sorry. Did you get to Snowpine City, all right? Sorry if we interrupted you. Um, yeah, we're at Snowpine City. We're about to hook up with your friend Minato. Oh, Minato. Minato. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just be careful. I'm not sure how his reception's going to be to you just showing up, but... Well, you didn't tell him we're coming? Well, I've not actually been able to get in contact with him for quite a long time. I just heard a rumour that he was in Snowpine and thought it was worth you guys checking out. Have you heard anything from Looker lately? Uh, yes. He is. I've spoken to him. Well, we overheard in the tavern that Interpol have turned up and are guarding the Ice Palace. Right. Uh, he didn't mention anything about being up north. Last time he was with... Last time I spoke to him, he was still with Blue in Sequoia City, but that was a while ago. And to be fair, with Interpol, he does jump around the country quite a lot. Blue can take care of himself, so it wouldn't surprise me if he's left Blue alone and gone up north. Uh, have you got his contact details? Uh, yeah, I can send you it. I'm not sure if he's going to be picking up, though. Being secret police, he doesn't actually <laughs> pick up if he's undercover. Well, send send his contact details over and send Blues as well, in case we need to get hold of him. Uh, yeah, sure. No walkers. <laughs> no. no worries. And he virtually pats us on the bum. And he, <laughs> he winks a bit. <laughs> winks and virtually pats that on the bum. That just caught me so off guard when that happened. <laughs> and he pats you on the um, bum. He sort of says, is there anything else I can help you with? Um, no, I don't, I don't think so for now. We'll keep you posted. All right, chap. Well, if you need anything, just give me a holler. I should be all right. Thanks, Takeshi. Stay safe. Don't forget to take a towel. Um, okay, so Chuck tries to call Looker. Tells me when he's not going to pick up. He doesn't pick up. <laughs> Big shock. Just leaves him a Pokemail. Says, uh, hey, looker, you might remember it's Chuck and Felix is here as well. Can you give us a call back, please? We're in Snowpine City. You need some help. Thanks. Bye. Okay. Cool. And calls Blue. Hey, Chuck. 
You okay? Hey, yeah, so we've just got to Snowpine City. Have you got any idea what Interpol would be doing here? Uh, Interpol? Uh, no, I don't really have anything to do with Interpol. Have you heard from Luca lately? Uh, we've not spoken in a couple of days. We separated. He said he had some things to check out. Did he say where? Uh, he didn't. He didn't even tell me if they were in the city or not. Are you still in Sequoia? I am, yeah. I've uh, found a lead on Red, I believe, and it could be connected to my granddad. Oh. Mm. Did Takeshi tell you about our run-in with Team Nightmare in the, in the Acacia Ruins? He told me something had happened, but I've been a bit busy. I didn't really go into too, ma- too many details. Well, we've got a feeling that wherever Team Nightmare have put their head of operations, they've got your granddad there. Hopefully, one of us will find out. I'm going to chase this lead. I mean, if you're on about Interpol... I mean, it's a pretty wide organisation. It's not like anything to be worried about. They're international police. No, I know, but you know, if this is somewhere that we've got to get into, then uh, Looker might give us a bit of a bit of an in. I mean, to be fair, if you just use Looker's name, the fact that you know him could do you the world of good. Could open up a few doors. Cool. Yeah. Noted. Good thinking. Perfect. Right, lads. I better right. go. Thanks, Blue. Boop boop boop. He hangs up. Mm. Head scratcher. Real head scratcher. Mm. Let's find. Is it? Was it Minato? Minato. 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 Minamino. I'm just going to think of Minamino every time, but yeah. Felix goes, there's a lot of pieces flying around at the minute. So let's just try and find this guy, shall we? So you walk to the back of the city and you see a large building with steps leading up to its entrance. And at the top of the steps, built into the icy rock face that towers over the city is the front of an intricately designed building with six 20-foot tall ice pillars separating four Pokemon statues of the same size carved into the rock face. This is the Snowpine City Gym. Ah, nice. What Pokemon are they? Is it like the gym where it's just got this like yeah, it's like random sort of beastie. It looks a bit like a Cubone Cubone. dragon. Yeah. Yeah. But icy. You walk past the gym steps and find the alleyway the bartender told you about. You pass a few more street vendors selling various hot foods and you get to the very end of this street and find the house you were looking for. However, there's already someone knocking on the door. Oh, who is it? I was gonna, oh, do, we, do we want to approach them or do we want to um, be stealthy and listen? Chuck puts his arm, because he's as, as always, he's like one step ahead of Felix, just puts his arm out to block Felix and says... Hold up a sec. Like nods to the guy and says, Rowdy, check him out. So using Rowdy's sort of true sight sense. Uh, do you want to do an insight check? Yeah, let's do an insight check. Okay, first one's 16. I get advantage on this one. Yeah, 16. Rowdy doesn't seem alarmed at all, but there is something about the person, like the way they sort of stand. You can tell that they're very confident. And you sort of get the impression that they can definitely take care of themselves. Okay, that's good enough for me. Chuck goes up to him and says, Hey, we're looking for Minato. I don't know if you know him. The person turns to face you and lowers their hood and pulls the scarf away from the mouth. And you see that it's a woman in her late 30s with long brunette hair. Who are you? What do you want with Minato? Chuck says, We just wanted to say hi. Persuasion roll that one. With I literally had nothing else in my head. <laughs> That's a six. I yeah. three. She's like, okay, now tell me who you really are and what you want with Minato. Chuck's looking to see if there's any Pokemon out with her. 
there is not, but her hand is going for her belt. Chuck says, like, holds out hand, like, says, hey, 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 do you know Takeshi? Yes. As in Takeshi Takeshi? Yeah. He just told us to come find Minato when we got to Snowpine City. Right. Who are you? Who am I? Um, yeah. I'm Cora, <laughs> the gym leader. Okay. Chuck, um... Felix eases a little bit now. He's been very tense and so sort of takes a step up, joins Chuck rather than being stood behind him now. Yeah, I think I think Chuck eases a lot more knowing it's a gym leader. They're typically good people. Chuck points at his, um, his headband with already three gym badges on it and says, ah, okay, one to add to my collection then. She notices your gym badges and relaxes as well. Sees that you're clearly just young trainers on your journey. Like, oh, well, looks like you've come up here for a gym battle, but why is Takeshi sending you after Minato? I mean, he's not in, if that's what you were trying to find out. Oh, okay. Um, no, we just said it's a contact that he knows up here that we might be able to stay with and, you know, get some food. We've had a, had a bit of a journey to get here. All right. Well, last time I spoke to Minato, he said he was going to go and talk to some of the Interpol agents. Uh, he says he knows one of them and was going to try and find out what was going on. Yeah, I, just, we, I was trying to catch him before he left. Yeah, we heard about that. They've just like taken up guard at the Ice Palace or something, kicked everyone out. Do you know what's going on there? Uh, I, I don't know what's going on. I think that's what Minato was going to go find out. Right. Okay, well, should we head up there? I mean, sure, I can give you directions. What, you're not going to come with us? Well, I've sort of got stuff to do. Well, clearly not, because you were going to come see Minato and you know, that plan's scarpered, so... <laughs> Felix yeah, grabs I, Chuck's arm and I wasn't going to spend all evening with him. <laughs> oh, is he just a, just a quickie, was it? Who exactly do you <laughs> he think does not you are? Say that. He does not say that. I mean, a flying visit. Felix. I had to drop something red. off on my way to see... <laughs> okay, um, yeah, I mean... She gives you, she gives you directions yeah. out the city towards the ice palace. Out of the city. Joe looks at Felix and says, what do you think? I think we've just got to go up there. If Minato knows Takeshi and Takeshi knows Luka, he could very well be looking for him. Let's just go and check it out, scope it out ourselves. Yeah, I mean, he didn't say that it was Luka up there, but I mean, let's check it out. Let's just be careful, okay? Yeah, definitely. I'm sure we can take whatever, you know, whatever gets thrown at us, but still. Just something about this place is making me feel a bit uneasy. And Rowdy nods. Yeah, me too. Don't think it was just the milkshake. This is where we find out that Felix is lactose. Yeah, I was literally about to say that. <laughs> no, 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 no. That'd be the cruelest story arc of all time. Oh, no. It's like, oh, what is wrong? You, oh, that stinks. <laughs> no, What's this, wrong with you? At this point, no, we're going up to an ice castle. Felix looks at Pratchett, who is fairly stoic, but he's, he's a bit shivery. Maybe these aren't the best conditions for you, buddy. Let's return you, send you back to the ball, and uh, you can warm up there. I'm going to send Houdini back to the lab, and I'm going to bring out Sneasel. Ah, nice. Right. If we're switching teams, then I'm going to go forward with Boomer Rowdy, Pennybags, and a newbie. Let's bring Delibird into play. <laughs> I've got a nickname right. for Delibird, by the way. I'm going to call him Kringle. 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 Yeah, like Chris Kringle. Right, okay. So, I've, yeah, just for, for continuity's sake, I've got... Pratchett, Maximus, Inky, and Sneasel. I haven't got a nickname for Sneasel yet. Chuck says, oh yeah, I'd like you to meet someone, Felix, and sends out Kringle, the deli bird. I think he's got a present for you. Felix goes, oh, okay. And, nice um, to meet deli you, deli bird. Deli bird goes, deli bird, and like pulls out a little box from his sack. It's like rummaging around and says, sort of like two hands, looks really sort of sheepish, like... Here you go. <laughs> Felix, roll a d20. 
<laughs> you prick. Uh, I got a nine. Do I add anything to it? It most definitely explodes in your yeah, face. Yeah, Chuck, Chuck has like two, like a hat and a finger in each ear. <laughs> so he knows what's coming. Yeah, Felix sort of takes it a bit gingerly and sort of pulls the the, the ribbon <laughs> to unravel it and it just explodes. I'm guessing it's not a massive explosion. No, it's just a little no, one. That's why I said it's one. a tiny one. Just like soot. Uh, but Deli Bird is laughing his head yeah. off. At this point, and so is Felix. <laughs> at this point, Sneasel kind of squares up to the uh, to the Deli Bird and sort of like Wolverine style, sort of unsheathes its claws a bit. Oh, nice. Deli Bird like looks like he's about to try and put Sneasel in his sack. <laughs> just <laughs> boom. <laughs> just says, hey, come, come down, come down. We've had our fun. Felix goes, huh. slaps Felix on yeah. the back. Fun. Look, he did the same thing to me before <laughs> before I met him, so it's a rite of passage. Doesn't make me feel any better. <laughs> I hope you spilt your beer. Uh, while all this is going on, Cora is just stood there looking <laughs> at you both like, what the fuck is going on? Oh, Cora, he's got one for you too. <laughs> oh, she looks kidding. and she goes, not my first deli bird. I think I'll pass on that one. <laughs> Trick or treat. Trick or treat, bitch. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so oh bitch <laughs> so you're going to go to the ice castle yeah yes we're going to go to the ice castle yes. what choice do we have sit around and wait <laughs> let's have a gym fight right here right now too late for that okay she's like come back in the morning yeah, we'll right. sort something out right. cool yeah let's let's walk over to uh, to the ice castle then on the yeah, on the way Felix is just kind of obviously this is the first time I've really interacted with Sneasel so says yeah look, this is Chuck Ignore the deli bird. I don't know who that is. He won't be around for long. It's um, great. <laughs> and just, yeah, just just get a little bit acquainted with, with Sneasel on the walk. We're either going to kill him or forget about him. <laughs> you wait. You wait until Kringle, like, storms the league. So you follow Cora's directions out of the city and the sun has started to dip behind the mountains in the valley, turning the sky like a dark golden yellow. You come to a row of trees with a wide pathway blocked by a man and a woman, both wearing dark-coloured suits and sunglasses. As you approach, the woman sees you and holds out a hand in front of her. She's like, stop! You can't come through here. This area is being investigated by Interpol. Chuck, with a bit of a swagger, flashes his trainer card very quickly and says, yeah, we know. Looker sent us. The man sort of leans over to the woman and whispers in her ear, and she takes the trainer card off you. Uh-oh. Reads it. He's like, Chuck Joy. So you must be Felix. Felix blushes and goes, how oh, does she know? How did you know that? They have purple hair. She goes, Holy shit, they actually came. The bloke, who also looked a bit shocked, was like, our boss said you'd show up. He's waiting for you at the ice castle. Who's your boss? Looker. Okay, good. Felix lets out a sigh of relief and his shoulders sort of slope back down to a normal level. He goes, okay, can we uh, go see him then? Yeah, they hand you back the train licence and the man's like, follow me. I mean, what are the chances that you'd actually show up? Why do you say that? The female officer sort of turns and follows behind you as well. And you come out on the other side to an open area under another cliff face. Lights point upwards 
illuminating a large blue ice structure that looks like it had been built into the base of the cliff. It looks like the front of a castle with high walls and turrets. And the closer you get, you truly do get a scale of how big this thing actually is, with the turrets rising higher than even the walls of Kuso City. Carved into the walls seem to be intricate patterns, shapes, and runes. Roll me perception. I was going to say, Ten. the same. <laughs> Six. You notice nothing else. Brilliant. Great. Not the symbol that's on our arms. There's a tent at the base of one of the turrets, uh, lit up from the inside with a lone shadow sort of moving around inside it. And standing a little way from the tent is a figure facing the ice wall, wearing a large coat with its hood. Sounds like look at them. Um, I've got the I've got the image of the you know the castle in Frozen. Yeah, or think the Hobbit, but ice. What do you mean the Hobbit? Okay. The the um the mountain. You know, like Smaug's yeah, mountain. the the bit where they're they've built the castle into the mountain. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. But it's all made of ice. So you get to the guy who's got his hood up. Is it a dark brown sort of trench coat? You can't really tell. It's getting dark. Oh, okay, fine. Um, judge shouts, looker, and from behind. <laughs> I'm tense as balls. Looker, Looker doesn't move, but he does say, I genuinely thought they were joking when they said, come here. Even more so when they said you two would show up. He turns to face you, lowering his hood. Standing in front of you is not Looker, <gasps> but it's Edmund. Oh, not again. Nightmare. This guy. You hear two Pokeballs pop open behind you as the two Interpol agents remove their disguises to reveal the uniforms of two Team Nightmare Grunt. Team Nightmare! And from the direction of the tent, the snow crunches and you see Hypno walking towards you. Oh, damn. Swinging. What is a Reggie ice then? The snow yeah. crunches. <laughs> ice, the ice shifts. Chuck just face palms and says, what are you doing here? Did you not learn your lesson the last time? Pringle. Give him a present. <laughs> Let's roll initiative. Then. 19. 3. Your Pokedex pings Krogunk. Oh. And Resselia. Krogunk, a poison fighting Pokemon. Inflating its poison sacks, it fills the area with an odd sound and hits flinching opponents with a poison jab. Right, Chuck, you're up first. Chuck nods at Felix and says, Let's do this. Piece of cake. Delibird, show me what you got. Pour your present at them. I can't believe you're using a Delibird in this fight. Why not? Uh, so I'm aiming at the... I'm it at the Krogunk. Okay. And I rolled a 12. Hits. Oh, yeah. Six damage. Krogunk catches the present and is just staring at it. <laughs> and it just blows up in his hands. Yeah. He's like, whoa, bro! Like, Delibird has sort of reached into his sack and pulls out like quite a large present. And just two-handed, like taking a throw-in in football or soccer for you Americans. Overhead, throws it at the at the Krogunk. <laughs> Krogunk almost catches it with a bit too much like, oh my god, present, yes! Catches <laughs> it and then it just blows up in his face and he's like, bro, and just stares down this deli bird. <laughs> yes, Edmund, Edmund sees that Sneasel's out and he knows Hypno doesn't like Sneasels. They don't get on well. So he tells Hypno to get up in its face and headbutt it. <laughs> Okay. That is a 12. That misses. The Hypno gets in close and just goes for the headbutt, but Sneasel just uses its like 
agile ability to just ducks, get out the way. Ducks out the way. And sort of some weaves out the way. He sort of just stood there, yeah. Fists ready. Next up is the gun. The gun? The grunt. <laughs> Next up is the grunt with the crow gunk. And he is going to use poison sting on Deli Bird. Uh oh. 15. That's going to hit, yep. Nine poison damage. Ooh, that's not very nice. Crow gunk sort of just jumps in and just hits Deli Bird with a purple fist. Not as good as a poison jab, but it does the same sort of effect. The grunt with the Rosselia is going to jump in next and tells Rosselia to use Grass Whistle on the Deli Bird. Ooh, trying to put me to sleep. What have I got to do? So you've got to make a Wisdom save against my move, DC. Okay. Oh, it's not, it's not going to work. It's a nine. Nope, that fails. I'm so asleep, you then. are asleep. Shit. Crap. So with sleep, you're uh, restrained for a maximum of three rounds, failing all strength and dex saves. Roll a DC 13 to wake up at the beginning of your turn. Okay, yep. And now it's Sneasel's turn. So yeah, Sneasel's just dodged out of the way of this headbutt from the Hypno. Even though this is his first battle at the hands of a trainer, he seems pretty well-versed in combat. Felix looks at him and goes, let's deal with this Hypno. Get in there, hit it with a faint attack. Dirty 20 to hit. That hits. And he does 17 dark damage. Holy crap. On the Hypno? Yeah. 17 dark damage. 2d8. That doubles, that doubles. to 34. 34. Yep. Big hit. Wow, nice. Big hit. Ouch. Okay. Edmund sort of sees this and he's like, what the... Felix is a bit like taken aback as well by this power. He goes, yeah, get in there. Great hit. So what have I got? I've got the Krogunk that's now in melee range with me. And the Roselia yeah. is separate. And, and the then... Roselia is separate. And then you've got the Sneasel and the Hypno, Hypno are with each other. Right. Chuck says, Deli Bird, come on. Don't slack off. You've got presents to deliver. Wake up. <laughs> That's a 19. Yep. So Deli Bird wakes Deli up. Bird snaps awake, rummages in his bag. Going to try and lob a present at the Roselia. Natural 20. Yes. <laughs> so I get to go twice. I have to attack at disadvantage. So first one's 17. Huh. So 17 at disadvantage. Uh, yep, that hits. Okay. The first one, I guess, at crit, and then the second Wait, one. Wait, hang on, you rolled. Oh, yeah, you've got a roll to attack again. So the first one crits, yeah. 26 damage in total. Oh. So Deli Bird in quick succession, kind of like, I think I used the analogy last time, kind of like Green Goblin, just one in each hand, just whoop, whoop, <laughs> throws them at the Rosalia. Uh, presence, is that melee? No, it's range. It's range. That's why I threw it at the Rosalia, because yeah. I thought it'd be too close to the Krogan. Okay, big hit. Uh, Roselia sort of like, <laughs> I want to say the Roselia sort of catches the first one and it blows up and she's like, what the, I don't know what's going on. And then just sees the <laughs> second one fly through the air and catches that one and still has no idea what's going on. Then that just blows up in her face as well. <laughs> and then she's finally got the idea that maybe these presents aren't So good. much of a present. <laughs> right, so Edmund's up. He is going to get another headbutt on the Sneasel. Okay. 19... Yeah, 26. 19 hits. So on the natural attack roll of 18 or more, the target falls prone. Ouch. Okay. 16 normal damage. 16? I mean, you did just do 34 to it. Yeah, true. So this time, the Hypno grabs Sneasel by the shoulders and just conks one straight on his head <laughs> like any good football hooligan would in a like green street or 
Football Factory or one of those rubbish films that you can't help but watch. Next up is the Krogunk, who's still in melee range with the Deli Bird. Yeah. So he is going to use another Poison Sting. Okay. For a Dirty 20. Yep, it's going to hit. Nine poison damage. Okay. Uh, Deli bird's not, gonna look, not looking great. He swings in and just conks the Deli bird right on the beak. Oh no. Poor little Deli. <laughs> Roselia steps up and after these presents, she's just looking at this Deli bird as well. And really? she is going to use Magic Leaf. That auto hits, doesn't it? Oh, so it does. Shouldn't have told you that. I should not have well, told you that. Well, I hit anyway. <laughs> 13 brass damage. Which is halved. Nice. Luckily. I was thinking that's it's a shame six. it's not times four halved, but yeah. So it just sort of ducks to the side and just fires other leaves at the deli bird in anger after being <laughs> blown up on twice. Like sort of trying to shield from a Gatling gun, deli bird sort of raises his uh, his sack in front of it, like trying to use it as a shield, sort of barricade. <laughs> Catch the leaves nice in. Yeah. Felix and Sneasel up next. Sneasel's just taking a big headbutt from this Hypno. He's been knocked down, so he's sort of like on, on his hands and knees. But he looks up at the Hypno, spits out some blood, but looks more <laughs> determined than ever. Don't stand for that. Hit him again with another faint attack. That is a 16 to hit. Yep, yes. on the nose. This one does. This one does another 17 damage. Ooh. Sneasel on hands and knees, looks up and sort of smirks and just jumps up with a, an uppercut right into the snout of the uh, of the hypno, knocking it back, bloodying his snout. It's a real proper street brawl, this fight between these two. Yeah, it sounds like it. They are just going. He's done 68 damage in two hits here. Next up is the... The Chuck. Yes. <laughs> Delibird's looking really tired and panting away and says, Chuck shouts, hang on in there, Gringle. Let's hit that Roselia again with another present. That's only going to be a nine. Does not hit. Big shock. So Panting pulls a present out of his bag and just really limp-wristedly throws it yeah. at the Roselia and just falls way short. Explodes kind of with a feeble. Right, Edmund's just going to shout for another headbutt on the Hypno, which is an 18. That hits. 10 damage. Okay. And then Edmund's also going to shout to the grunt controlling the Roselia. He's going to say, I'm going to need you over here. While that's happening. Chuck says, yeah, you better run. The crow gunk is looking at this deli bird. It's just like, nah, fam. <laughs> fam, nah. It goes for another poison sting because the last one worked so well. But with an 11, I'm guessing does not hit. Yeah, the deli bird hit. manages to dodge nice. and does, does not hit. With a flourish, um, swinging his bag around. The Roselia runs over to near the Hypno. And he's going to use Grass Whistle on Sneasel. It puts its palms together and blows a really soft tune through the grass. Sneasel sort of stands there, but nothing happens. And then when everybody looks at the Roselia, it's just snoozing. <laughs> Did you know one? <laughs> and it's put itself to sleep. Perfect. Coats his uh, roll, strike again. Next up, Speedlix. Perfect, yeah. Felix kind of looked a bit worried at the, the the fact of being double teamed, but obviously seeing the Roselia put itself to sleep is feeling more confident. Come on, Sneasel, buddy. Let's get this Hypno down and out. Hit it again. Faint attack. And that is a 21 to hit. Yeah, that hits. <laughs> Strong. I've had too many good rolls on, but I'm going to do about four damage on this one. 
<laughs> I wasn't far off. This one does nine damage in total. Double that to 18. So he goes in for a just a punch to the gut, and to follow it up, we're going to go in with a quick attack as well. Someone's been forgetting to oh, quick attack yeah. the entire time. And that is an 18 to hit. Yep, that hits. And that does five damage. Chuck, you're up. Oh, what to do with this pesky crow gunk? Can I, like, leave a present as a trap to sort of say, right, drop a present and then run away? Uh, I'm going to say no. Okay. Not in battle. <laughs> All right, fine. Chuck shouts to Kringle, says, you can do this. Present on this Krogunk. Blow up in its face. 11 to hit. 11 does not hit. No, it must be close. The owner of the Krogunk, after seeing this miss, shouts, Krogunk, hold tight. Stand back and stand by. Edmund is getting more and more frustrated with this Sneasel, and he knows that this is not a good type matchup. So he is going to jump away. He's going to attempt to move towards the deli bird. Do I get an attack of opportunity then? Yes, you do. Kill him. You know what's coming. Mess him up. you got to roll to hit first. Well, it's a natural 19, so 24 to hit. <sighs> that hits. <laughs> Mess him up. Mess him up. 12 dark damage. 24. 24. Okay. The hypno takes it as oh. he's walking away. The uh, Sneasel just kind of lashes out, sort of almost like a cricket dive when you go for a really low catch and just sort of swings a punch, just catching it in the side. But after managing to get away, Edmund shouts, now use confusion on Deli Bird. What is, everyone's had it in for the Deli Bird today. Uh, That's a 16. Hits. Oh, 17. Still hits. 10 damage, psychic. (sighs) Unfortunately, in a bit of a flap and a fluster, Swings his bag around, but just gets um, clocked with these psychic rays. Like a shot putter sort of swinging around with the bag uh, and ends up just like conking itself on the head with his present bag. Slumped on the floor, feet splayed, eyes swirling, is knocked out. Just says, Kringle, no! Felix is upset about this, but also has a tinge of happiness after being pranked by this present earlier as well. Edmund sort of said, he's like, yes, Hypno, great work. And the other grunt takes over and he goes, right, Krogunk. Do I need now to send out something before? Oh, yeah, send it out. Pennybags, show them who's the peasants. <laughs> Just after <laughs> Pennybags hits. <laughs> Comes out with a snoot. <laughs> the grunt <laughs> who is, owns the Krogunk says, right, now that deli bird's done with, get over to that Sneasel. Hits it with a mud slap. And that is a 22. Yeah, that hits. Eight ground damage. Okay. You also add minus one to your attack rolls for the rest of the encounter. Oh, okay. And that can be stacked up to minus five. Uh, then it's Roselia who is asleep, so she's going to try and wake up, and does not wake up. She's still sleeping. The female um, grunt is like, oh, oh, just uh, what? And then it's background to Felix. That last mud slap slaps Sneasel straight in the face, as the name suggests. He's not looking too good at all. Battered and bruised. He's given a good showing, but that mud slap has caught him a bit unawares and dazed him a bit. Felix shouts over to him and says, Come on, buddy, just a little bit more. Hang in there. Run over. How far away is the hypno? Uh, you're not that far away. Okay. Like tw- you're all like 10, 20 feet away from each other. Cool. Felix says, don't let that hypno get away with it. Get in there, give it another faint attack. Natural 20. 
<laughs> this yep. is going to be so much damage. Four dice. I need to roll here. That does... Oh my god. I rolled... It's going to be a lot. I rolled a two, a seven, oh. a seven, oh. and an eight. Oh my god. Well, so eight. I need 25 damage. Doubled to 50. Doubled to 50. Tell me what it looks like when you knock the hypno the fuck out. <laughs> Clean out. Jesus. That's, yeah. So... Sneasel is literally sort of, you can tell he's on his last legs, but he's determined to, to finish this fight. Sort of gets up, wipes the mud off his face, and just eyes locked firmly on the hypno, and just starts Naruto running, basically. Arms behind, <laughs> head first, straight at this hypno. Yes, And as it gets there, it. it jumps and basically just Superman punches it. Uh, straight. <laughs> Elliot, outside of home. Oh, yeah, go, yeah, so Naruto runs over to him, and as he gets there, he uppercuts him straight in the snout, and it sort of forces the snout back into its into the hypno's head, and just knocks it absolutely the, the fuck out. Sit down. Nice. That's it. Is there anything else in melee range at that point? Yeah, hypno's moved over. I'd say the uh, the crow guns. Well, what's your speed? That you yeah. attack, then move. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're the crow gunks within your. Okay. Well, all the Roselia, they're all within range. If the thirty right. foot speed. The Roselia's, the Roselia's asleep, isn't it? So, it very much so. Phoenix goes. Yeah, awesome work, buddy. Now let's help Chuck and his team out. Get in there, quick attack that crow gunk. Uh, that is a twenty-one to hit. That hit. It's right. It's only a quick attack. Uh, you ever miss? <laughs> two damage. So he's used nice. up a lot of his energy, and he just sort of basically just goes up and pimp slaps the crow gunk. The crow gunk is going to react with a revenge. Oh, okay. Fighting, isn't it? Was it dark? Fighting. And so I'm going to react with a revenge. So I've got to roll with disadvantage. That's 18 on the first one and a four on the second. So nothing happens Perfect. there. Pennybags adjusts his monocle, targeting the Roselia. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck shouts, this is your kind of weather. Icy wind. And that's a 14 to hit. Sorry, who are you hitting? Roselia. The Roselia. Yeah, hits. Nice. Sweet. Come on, baby. 11 ice damage. Yep. The Roselia takes it. Still asleep. So Pennybag shuffles around in the snow a little bit. And then just with a... (laughs) (laughs) Flings. (laughs) Like sneezes snow at him. Yeah. Okay. Uh... Edmund's got nothing to do. He's just like fallen to his knees. Can't believe what's going on. As the first grunt just shakes his head at him. He's just like, right, turn around, bro gunk. Go for another mud slap. Is this on Sneasel, I take On it? who? Sneasel. That's going to be a 25. Yeah, hits. 10 ground damage. Crow gunk just sort of turns around and just sweeps deeper through the snow and just flings this dirt and it just hits Sneasel square in the face, just knocking it backwards onto its back. Sneasel kind of sort of staggers, stumbles on his feet like a boxer at the end of the 12th round, slumps and hits the deck. Felix returns Sneasel, looks at the ball and goes, that was awesome, you're so powerful, rest up, we'll see you again soon. And Felix reaches for his belt and with a flourish, out pops Inky. So Roselia's gonna come around and she's gonna stay asleep. <laughs> Inky's up. Cool. Inky comes out straight away and starts sort of spinning around, 
looking very mischievous as he comes out. But you can sort of clock straight away that there's a battle going on and his focus turns to the one awake Pokemon that is the Krogunk. And we're gonna go in with a Shadow Punch on the Krogunk. Okay. Shadow Punch is an instant hit. So I've just got to roll damage. It does, uh, does nine ghost damage. Okay, uh, the Krogunk takes the nine takes the punch to the face he wasn't expecting it chuck says yeah you've got that roselia on the ropes let's go with another icy wind on the ropes it's asleep let's just finish it off it's gonna be a 15 to hit <laughs> that hits 12 ice damage tell me how you knock it out is that 12 base yeah yeah tell me no, how you knock it out digging himself even deeper into the snow now and getting really comfortable and just starts charging around in a little circle do you remember the magic roundabout dougal was just sort of charging yeah. around the <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> a bit like that. This just little small piggy thing just whipping up a flurry of snow, and with an almighty, <laughs> <laughs> you just see you just see the wind shift. He's just going, <laughs> just just engulfs <laughs> the Roselia with <laughs> in a this flurry. Little fuck. Snooty little fuck, and then suddenly everything calms down with the Roselia on the floor, just frozen, crystallized. Wow, shakes himself off. Adjust his monocle and nods at Chuck. Okay. Like, Attaboy. Um, we get you some Michelin, ne- more Michelin star food where that came from if you keep doing that. Next up is the Crow Gunk. He is going to use Poison Sting on Inky, but with a nine will miss. He sure will. And next up is Inky. Yeah, this Crow Gunk comes at him with a, a Poison Sting, but he just floats out of the way, spotting the opportunity. Felix shouts out. I know you've been waiting for this. Lick that Krogunk. <laughs> oh, what does a Krogunk lick, taste like? Lick that toad. <laughs> 21 to hit. That will hit. Uh, and that does 15 ghost damage. Tell me how you knocked the Krogunk out. Yeah. Inky, again, with that big tongue of his, just licks the Krogunk from toe to head, pretty much, and kind of flies him up in the air, and he just lands with a big thud. Uh, and you can see Haunter's eyes are a bit, his pupils are a bit wider now as well, after licking this poisonous frog. He seems a bit wired. The grunt sort of, as well, drops to his knees next to the female grunt, a little bit away from Edmund, and they're all just sort of staring at their knocked out Pokemon, just don't know what to say. But you're each gonna get 6,000 Poke Yen. Oh, and lovely. you will each receive 7,420 XP. So, by this point, the sky has gone dark, and the only light now is coming from the tent and the lights illuminating up the walls of the ice turrets. Edmund's on his knees, just looking at you in disbelief. What is it with you kids? What did you think was going to happen? We've already done this to you. From the darkness behind Edmund, comes a massive thud and then the crunch of the snow and you hear a voice from the darkness shut up you little brat eddie look at you you're pathetic literally the definition of someone whose growl is far worse than his bite and edmund sort of spins his head on the spot and says elizabeth is that is that you what, what the hell are you doing here? From behind him in the darkness steps out a slim, familiar-looking girl with long purple hair, a neat fringe, and a black hairband holding it all in place. Beside her, stepping out of the shadows, is a large black bird Pokemon that looks as though it's wearing a black fedora. Ah, <laughs> uh. Your Pokedex pings... Honchcrow. 
punch game, a dark flying Pokemon. It will absolutely not forgive failure or betrayal by its goons. It has no choice in this if it wants to maintain the order of the flock. Elizabeth Olsen is Scarlet Witch, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Miss Freuder sent me, of course. And Elizabeth stops next to Edmund and crouches down beside him and pats him on the head. She didn't think you could get the job done. And it looks like she was right. And she stands back up. Edmund turns his head back to her and he opens his mouth to speak. But before he can say a word, she just lashes out and kicks him hard in the face, Ooh. just knocking Ooh. him clean out. And he's just lying on the ground still. I've told you this before, Eddie, but you talk too much. And then she turns to you both and tilts her head. You two are a lot shorter than I expected. My sister's told me all about you two. I've been very much looking forward to meeting you. I've grown three inches in two months. How dare you? <laughs> I measured it myself. She looks disapproving at you after being rudely interrupted. Miss Freuder said I wasn't to hold back. And then you hear the whelps of the two grunts as they suddenly vanish into the darkness, just as another Pokemon appears, gliding over the snow, looking as though it's wearing a long, ragged purple cloak Ooh. and a witch's hat. Oh, and your Pokedex pings Miss Magius. Very spooky folks. Shit. And that's where we're going to finish the episode. Oh, shit. Damn. Miss Magius, a ghost Pokemon. Its cries sound like incantations to torment the foe. It appears where you least expect it. Should we recap what happened to teams? Yeah, do you know where you're going to split your XP? Yeah, and then? yeah. Felix is going to give 5,000 XP to Sneasel. Yep. So that takes him up to 17,000 exactly in total. Doesn't level him up at all. And Inky is going to get the remaining 2,420, which takes him up to, to 23,260, but also doesn't level him up. And Chuck? Yeah, so I've leveled Pennybags up to level 7. Oh, nice. Already? He's caught at level 6. Right, that's enough for today's episode. Join us next week where we find out what Elizabeth has in store for our heroes.